Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. And we are joined by, I promise you are my favorite sports and entertainment lawyer, Alan K. Fertel is with us. There's just so much to talk about legally from NIL, Ruiz, uh, can teams get out of this ACC, which is a terrible TV deal. There's so much going on. Alan Fertel, how you doing, sir? Good morning, Alex. It's always my pleasure to hang out with you, especially first thing on a Friday morning. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing so well, Alan. I'm doing better that you're here. So, okay, now that so much of the dust has settled on, you know, Miami being on probation because of a meeting where dinner may or may not have been served between John Ruiz and the Cavender twins back in April, uh, something when I, when I was reading through Alan the findings, okay, that have been reported in the media, something stuck out to me, and I didn't talk about this on Monday when we brought up this issue for the first time this week. So this idea popped into my head Tuesday or Wednesday on this because supposedly the NCAA exists in order to quote unquote protect student athletes, right? And yet. When I'm reading through the statement that the Committee on Infractions made, where they were actually like visibly disappointed with the agreement that was made uh, between Miami and the NCAA to kind of settle on probation and a pretty light penalty. And so the Committee on Infractions had wanted Miami to completely disassociate themselves from John Ruiz over what seems like a pretty minor finding, okay? When John Ruiz, he's helping improve the lives of, I would imagine, hundreds of student-athletes, if not more than hundreds at Miami, with these NIL payments uh, and opportunities, yet the NCAA Committee on Infractions or w- wanted Miami to disassociate. Alan, to me, that doesn't sound like their priority is protecting student-athletes. It sounds pretty petty to me. First of all, has it ever? Has the NCAA ever? been really about student athletes or has it been, you know, putting money in their pockets. Uh, They now have a brand new president, um, Governor, let me, let me see where it is. I wrote it down for you. Uh, Governor Charlie Baker, Charlie Baker, the former, the former governor of Massachusetts has stepped in a pile of stuff. If you know what I mean, walking in, he is the new Fidel Goodell of college sports. God bless him. Um, his, his number one goal is defending the mounting attacks on the NCAA business model. So let's talk NIL for a minute. Okay, switch right yeah. over. Now it's legal. That's what NIL stands for, or new illegal law, however you want to play this. It's it, it's crazy. It's the Wild West. You and I have talked about this since it started. Um, the problem is this. Two problems on the analysis. First of all, while people do not necessarily have to like John Ruiz, they do have to appreciate what he's doing. And what he's doing is, first of all, legal. It's within the statute. And he's very aggressive. Okay, yeah. so he's, he's aggressive that he'll defend himself. He's aggressive that he'll sue the NCAA in the event because he's doing it correctly. He's got this life wallet product. He's, he's hired marketing and merchandising people. He's doing videos with these kids. He's teaching the kids the other side of the camera. He's doing things, <clears throat> excuse me, that are in fact legal under this crazy statute. Now you gotta understand something. Here's the problem. There's so many of them. We could just, it's like an onion. We could peel it back. The yeah. first thing is every state has a different law. 
Okay. The second thing, the NCAA has no control anymore because yeah. the state's law controls the activities within each state. There's something that's called federal preemption. That's when one law, a federal law across all 50 states is enacted that controls a particular behavior. Here, we need that for college sports because you can't have Alaska and Alabama both be having different laws for athletes or even take Florida and California. Florida's law, which just was amended, okay, allows for university students. California law allows for high school students. So it's possible that a 15 or 14 year old could be making millions of dollars under California law. Wow. That's a little crazy. Yeah. Not that, not that 13 million for a Florida quarterback isn't crazy. Okay, because <laughs> it is. It is. But going back to Ruiz and, and the Cavenders, it, it's a swing and a miss by the NCAA. They had a shot, but the problem legally, because I'm a lawyer, was that there was a different set of rules then when the, when the investigation commenced, and there's a different set of rules now. So the difference is what's called burden of proof. The old law, which they agreed to, and, and Ruiz didn't get sanctioned, and the Cavender twins didn't get sanctioned. The only entity that got sanctioned was the U and yeah. Coach Meyer, okay, because they did, in fact, have this either meeting or dinner. Um, and, and Ruiz says it's totally legit and legal since he's actually providing them with an opportunity to promote a product and endorse a product, which, which is kosher as they yeah. say in Miami, okay? So, <laughs> so he's doing the right thing according to the statute. The NCAA couldn't go after Ruiz because they didn't have the legal right to do so. However, right now, if this thing would start today and the, the, the telephone, the, the text, and then the, the meeting would occur tomorrow, the vi alleged violators have the burden of proof of coming forward to show that their, their conduct was legal. Wow. So it's it's interesting. But what I think, because I think you're asking me for my opinion, that's why you have me. It isn't my beautiful face. We've discussed that already. <laughs> I think that Ruiz knows what he's doing. There's no law on this. It's the wild, wild west. He can use his billions of dollars to defend himself. He's operating a legitimate business. There's our endorsement deals and they're actually providing a service. Don't tell me he's not right. recruiting. He's recruiting, okay? John Ruiz is the number one booster for the University of Miami. But now he's got a legitimate product. Let's let's talk about collectives. Right, because and, and, and let me let me just interrupt you for a second because uh, I just want to want to clarify for everybody listening to this and watching this because oftentimes I don't think people understand that there's a difference between what John Ruiz is doing and what say, you know, the Gator collective is doing right. Something that only exists for the purpose of paying players versus a business that's being advertised. I think that gets, I think it gets lost on a lot of people, Alan. Well, let's try to break it down into its you know least common denominator. Okay. Ruiz has a business. It's life wallet. It's a real business. They, they have books and records and pay taxes and have employees and, and, and have clients, okay? A collective is a group of boosters that pool funds of money for the purpose of funding athletes that come to that university. Now, there was no way in hell that this law 
was created to allow boosters to do exactly what boosters were doing before illegally, right. now legally. So why, why can't they crack down on that then? They can, if they choose to. Yeah. But who's in the crosshairs? It's, I, don't want, I don't want to say poor us, but it's always the you. Okay, we're the first ones. Look, talk to me for two minutes about the Cavender twins. Before they came to UM, they were Fresno State. They were the number one women, no, I think college athletes. Three million hits. Guys, we're past now the midway point of the NBA season. And folks, I hope you're taking advantage of everything you can find at FanDuel. It is the perfect time to download the FanDuel app, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers and threes drained. I got to be honest. I'm looking at Miami Heat at minus two and a half tonight at home against the New York Knicks. The Heat looked awful on Wednesday night. The Knicks have won seven straight games. I might be thinking about Knicks plus two and a half tonight. And it's, it's an emotional hedge, right? If I bet Knicks plus two and a half, and the Heat win, I'm not going to worry about losing a little money. Or if the Heat lose, or if they only win by two points, I'm like, hey, I won some money. So, you know, I, I don't really have a whole lot of faith in this Miami Heat team right now. You guys can also check out all the numbers for the 16th-ranked Hurricanes basketball team hosting 25th-ranked Pitt tomorrow. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger game, uh, bigger payout, I should say, with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. They, they had this done right, TikTok and YouTube, and they just kept knocking out videos, and they then endorsed products. They've been legit before they came to Ruizville. They were legit, legit before they they even came to Katie Meyerville. They were the most legit, and they come here and they have one dinner with this guy, and the NCA loses their mind. So come on, I mean, are we a little bit uh, shell shocked? Are we a little bit, you know, oh, Barbacitos in Miami? Yeah, but but you know, since the Pell Grant back in the day when I was young, uh, it's always been the U. You know, in the crosshairs on Sports Illustrated, the death of the University of Miami, the death toll. The, I mean, for years we've been fighting this, right. and you're telling you're telling me that Florida and I'm my my daughter went there, so I'm not shooting, you know, taking shots at Florida. But you're telling me that Florida offering a kid thirteen million dollars, a seventeen year old kid, thirteen million dollars to come to Florida. A, is not a recruiting tool, and B, is not some violation of this law, it, it, it must be. I, but, you know, this is great because it's great for lawyers because yeah. there's, there's going to be litigation and there's going to be trial, trial results and orders and verdicts, and then there's going to be appeals. And that's how you have, you know, law. It's called stare decisis, precedent, and there'll be, there'll be laws on the records. But the real issue goes back, Alex, to one unified, unambiguous law across the board for all college students. And that way, there will be no advantages if you're in Tuscaloosa 
or disadvantages if you're in Akron or or Anchorage, Alaska. I'm just thinking of you know places that are at, you know the, the complete different place to Tuscaloosa because you know Tuscaloosa is a as a pro team. It's yeah. it's the Crimson Tide. Yeah. Yeah. There's no there's no other game in town. Yeah. Let, let me ask you this: If Power Five schools were to just wake up one morning and unify and decide we don't want to be a part of the NCAA anymore. Like we, we want to get rid of this. We want to abolish this. We want to leave. Is, is there any path to doing that? You know, I'm sure that some really, really good lawyers can figure out some really interesting loopholes in some of the agreements, but I don't see a mass exodus. I think what I see in, in what you and I have discussed in the past is the, the, the pickoffs. You know, they're going to pick two or three from this conference and go there, and they're going to pick three or four from that conference. You know, you and I have discussed the ACC. Yeah. It's a per- perfect example, and I don't mind segueing into that if, if you like. Go ahead. You know, this. I, I did a little bit of research for you. I don't want you to think I'm unprepared. Um, there's <laughs> I, a- I hope you're prepared for, like, your actual clients if you're doing research for me. I am overprepared. I am disgusting. <laughs> I'm a disgusting guy when it comes to that, man. Awesome. You, you can't beat me on being prepared. You might be able to beat me on some other things. But I'm not, I'm, I'm going to be prepared. So check this out. The ACC has a $50 million exit fee. So each school, if they were to exit the conference, would have to pay the conference $50 million. It may prove unenforceable. All right. It's not been challenged. Mm. So the question is, does the ACC want to try to enforce that $50 million, or do they want to do a deal with the school and let that school go to another conference and maybe do a trade? It's getting so crazy yeah. that the possibility exists of schools in different conferences being traded to another conference to accept another school. Like, you know, the ACC, you're, you're, you're Canes everything. I mean, it's locked on Canes, hooked on Canes, Canes <laughs> whatever it is. You got the shirt, you got the background. We know that the ACC is seen as a basketball conference, okay? It's focused on basketball. There's some good football, but really it's basketball. When the, when the Canes were great, they were Big East. That's yeah. when they were great, man. When, when we're sitting in the Orange Bowl and clanking those metal. The Big metal- East or independent even before that. Yes, before that, exactly, which was, which was cool. But it, it was a little weird being independent because the schedule, look, Notre Dame can do it. Yeah. I don't know that the Canes could do it anymore. They, they don't have the same panache, for lack of a better term, that they used to. Anyway, so the question is, do you test it now or do you leave it up to the lawyers to try to negotiate your out? Um, the question with the ACC and, and the, the real issue is the television contract. Okay, so you've got mm-hmm. 30 to $50 million for a Big Ten school. You've got 30 to 50 for an SEC school, Big 12 probably about 40. Your ACC schools are getting like 30, 25 to 30. Okay. So that's a problem. Um, And it goes back to, and I don't want to give your, your viewers a lesson, but it goes back to television rights. Okay. And it's, it's, there are three tiers of media rights. Okay. The first and second tiers are controlled by the conferences and they sell them usually to the ABCs, the ESPNs, the CBSs and the Fox. The first-tier rights holders get the first pick of all the conference televised sporting events. Um, And it's for over-air broadcast. The unselected games then go to a second tier. 
Mm. And the second tier are what's shown on cable television, cable networks. And then the third tier is what's important to a lot of these colleges and a lot of the conferences, because it varies from conference to conference, but mostly it consists of what remains after the first two tiers have been made. So for most conferences, the third tier rights belong to the conference members. In other words, they can, they're free to monetize the games that aren't taken either by the networks or cable. ACC sold those rights back to ESPN. So the member schools oh, no. do not receive that bottom third tier profit. Did not know that. Wow. Hardly. I, I didn't know it either wow. until I researched it. So wow. that's the real problem. And it goes back, if you want to be a conspiracy theorist, it goes back to a, a, a company that you might have heard of called Raycom. Oh, yeah. Are they still with, around? Yes. Uh, they're, oh. still, they're still affiliated. They, they pay the ACC I mean, uh. Uh, $50 million. Um, <laughs> and what happened was they were a North Carolina-based communications product, and they had some really great hooks with some of the higher-ups in the ACC <laughs> and did a deal to cover some of the third tier, but it, it, they're not getting the, the real, the, they meaning the, the universities in the ACC don't get the third tier product. They get some money. So the bottom line here is that you've got a lot of movement in conferences. Some conferences are just totally, you know, you, you got packed whatever number they are now playing <laughs> playing in, in the Big Ten or the Big 12. or For all I know, they could be playing in the ACC in the future. So yeah. the geographical area doesn't mean anything anymore. Um, the rivalries don't mean anything. The, the platforms, the footprints of the conferences don't mean anything. Guys, if you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories, you've got to try a Built Bar. I want to eat healthier and I don't want to compromise taste when I do it. So I've got just the thing for you. You got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious. You're not going to think that they're good for you, but they're perfect for your New Year's resolution. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate. They come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. I was eating the Built Granola Bar this morning, the peanut butter and chocolate granola bar. It's the best granola bar I've ever had, guys. It's so good. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. What's even better is, yeah, they're healthy. Only 130 calories, just four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, head into your nearest Sam's Club, grab a 13-bar box with hit flavors like brownie batter and churro, and you can thank me later because I love me some Built Bars. Everybody is running to make whatever kind of cash they can, mm. and, ca and cash is king. I yeah. mean, I, you know, I was just talking to my daughter who coaches at South Carolina, um, and, and she says that they don't get the same kind of athletic benefits that she did when she was at Florida. And I said, that has nothing to do with the, the SEC. The SEC is giving $50 million to every single school. Yeah. And it's the term, the school determines how they're going to, you know, you know, utilize that money. You know, South Carolina is women's basketball, number one in the nation. And then football, which is the number one revenue producing. Florida, all of their athletic programs are great. So yeah. they make sure that their boosters come out, you know, the, the Florida 
gator, bull gator. I mean, gator boosters go out and pay for all of the great uh, facilities they have, the upkeep, the new, the new this dorm, the new that facility. So, I mean, the ACC is in a bad way right now. It's, mm. it's got a situation where they're one of the lowest paid insti- uh, c- conferences. Therefore, their member institutions are the lowest paid. There's going to be some exodus. I know Florida State has made some rumors. Clemson, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. UM has thought about it. Um, I don't know, Alex. You know, it's we all we all seem like we're mercenaries. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody's jumping for the best deal. Um, we haven't even discussed this transfer portal. Some guy get or girl gets to transfer four times in five years with no sit down. Yeah. Um, it's sort of like just what what's going on. I know that we didn't like the way it was, and I'm not trying to sound like the you know the old man get off my lawn, um, but okay, the first time you transfer, you get a freebie and yeah. you can play. But the second time you transfer, sit a year, make yeah. it, make it, make make there be some consequence to oh this guy's not starting me, I'm going somewhere else. Well, because it, it seems like um, you know technically you're supposed to sit a year the second time, but it's it seems like it's really easy to get the waiver or the exception, okay. right? Yeah. That if you if you you know if you have so, some kind of a, a reason you come up with, whether it's legitimate or illegitimate, they're they're pretty liberal uh, liberal about granting those exceptions. If the exceptions outweigh the rule, the exceptions are the rule. Yeah, uh, and, and and you hit it on the head. But the Florida legislature, interestingly, just amended their new name, well, relatively new, uh, name, image, and likeness rule to exclude any liability on coaches for coaches' decisions that cause NIL deals to either fail or not to be as profitable. Hmm. There used to be some question as to whether a coach who sat a player could have some liability Uh if his NIL deal was affected. Now, wow. we all know that NIL deals are not supposed to be affected by the, 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 the play of the athlete. It's not a pay-for-play statute. It is a pay-to-do-a-service for an entity or individual. So this whole thing is a cluster. Um, <laughs> it's not, I, there's another word after that that I'm not going to do. But, but it is... Uh, the great thing is that it's all the gift that keeps on giving. You know, I get to keep talking to you about NIL deals and yeah. how it changes. I get to talk to you about college sports. I get to talk to you about pro sports when 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 that Flores just got a, a good ruling from the from the courts and he can move on with his suit. I mean, yeah. football, colleges, lawyers, television, podcast, radio, it all. It, you know, it's a soup and you just keep stirring the broth and, you know, we're here talking about it and I'm here to answer some of your questions and, you know, give your, give your audience, whatever it is that, that they want to hear. Uh, but I always enjoy coming on. I've been listening to you lately and I, I'm going to take a shot at you now. I thought I was your favorite talking head, man. And then I heard you, you had Darren Heitner because he's the, he's the twins lawyer on, on the other day. And I got a little jealous. I got to admit to you, I was even going to call in, I'm Joe, but I said, no, I'll have my time with Alex. I'll let him know that, you know, I'm a little jelly. I'm a little hurt. He has to be a little nicer to me in the future. <laughs> well, I'm, tr- I'm trying, I'm trying to build my whole team. I'm like, uh, like, uh, OJ Simpson. He had a whole team of lawyers. I need to build my entire legal team here. 
<laughs> you should never need the lawyers at OJ Simpson that needed in <laughs> Oh man, well this is, a, this is fantastic stuff. I really appreciate your time, Alan K. Fratell. Thank you so much for joining us and for for helping us understand a lot of complicated issues. Because I love how you put things in simple terms. Enjoy your weekend coming up, Alan, and we will talk to you again soon. Alex, you're the man. I have a great time with you every time. And I even learned a little. I, I researched that uh, ACC stuff. There was some stuff I didn't even know. So you made me smarter, and I'm appreciative for that. And I hope I made your audience a little smarter. You never know what happens on a Friday. Well, I'm hoping with your legal experience, you can help Dan Radakovich, the UMAD, help him find a loophole to get the hell out of the ACC. Like, hell, help him find that loophole, and you can work with us in making this a reality. I got a quick one for you. You get John Ruiz to sign some really big contract with the UM, get him to pay the UM $50 million, get him to pay the exit fee, and yeah. get the hell out of Dodge. And in three or four years, you recoup your 50, and you go on to something bigger or better. It was, you know, it was, it was better. I'm sad like the old man again. It was better when we were younger. Yeah. You know what I mean, yeah. the, the conferences were better, but we always bitched about the NCAA and the way you open the story is they never really had the interest of the student athlete at heart. It was about them making money and them holding power. And now you got a, a governor coming in and, and hopefully he can do something because right now, like I said, he stepped in a, a bunch of it right now. And it isn't the word I really wanted to use. But but he did, so, you know. Give him a shot. He's a governor. He's got some, you know. He's got some political, you know, capital. Maybe he can talk to some congressmen. Maybe he can get a, you know, a federal preemption and get this thing straightened out and put some teeth in it, and and stop the collectives from just throwing money at seventeen-year-old kids. Yeah. Um, and and hopefully making the game and and sports a little bit better. I love it. Thank everyone so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen. We'll be back tomorrow after spring practice right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.